so Elliot, this weekend we were part of a geeky podcast marathon at the Blue Box Cafe over there in Elgin. Yeah, it's a nice little um, coffee shop. Lots of sandwiches, coffee. The, the great thing about it is that it's Doctor Who themed. When you got there, did you find it was a lot more roomy than you expected? I want to tell you, <laughs> my waistband sure was when I left. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. Geek Counter Geek with Chief Conrad and Elliot Serrano. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Can somebody tell me what the hell is going on? This is Geek Counter Geek. I'm Keith Conrad. Uh, that's Elliot Serrano, the other voice uh, The other voice you hear. Elliot, how's it going this week? It's going. It's going through time and space and all different dimensions. As we pointed out last week, this is episode number 69. Everyone's favorite episode. I'll, I'll let you get that out of your system. Uh, yeah, I'm going to tell you, it, uh, it spins me round, round, baby, round, round. Yeah. Like a record, baby. <laughs> and uh, you can follow us yep. at Geek Counter Geek on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Keith R. Conrad on Twitter. Elliot, uh, I hear you're on Twitter as well. Uh, from time to time. It's like lately I've just been, I'm either there or I'm not. I'm kind of like, you know, everyone's common sense. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. That's uh, or by the way, uh, speaking of uh, lack of common sense, did you hear that uh, Cubs pitcher John Lester ended up being inundated with tweets from uh, angry Donald Trump supporters because uh, they thought he was Lester Holt? Yeah, uh, apparently Donald Trump supporters can't tell the difference between a white man wearing a Cubs hat and, <laughs> and a black man in a suit. You know, I'm telling you, I'm I'm, confu- I'm, I'm concerned because uh, when it, if uh, Trump gets elected, uh, they might just start deporting everybody. It doesn't really matter. You know, they won't be able to tell the difference. That's true. It's a it's a genuine concern. I I, I think. Now, uh, as we've uh, mentioned the last couple of weeks, we're part of the Radio Misfits uh, podcast network. Uh, very happy about that. And um, I was checking out a Minutia Man. And uh, that's actually by uh, Rick, one of the co-hosts of that. He's uh, he founded this uh, this website, Just One Bad Century, that looks at Cubs history. And uh, I'm not sure if that uh, if that Lester Holt, John Lester thing is is going to you know make the cut when you when you think about Cubs history. But it's certainly interesting right now. Well. <laughs> Probably one of the greatest gaps in social media, and it's funny that the same week that that all goes down with John Lester, he's also awarded National League Pitcher of the Month. Yeah, so, so you'd think people would know who he was. <laughs> you would think. You know, it, it's not it's not some guy who was a September call-up. It's John Lester. He's, he's like the second highest paid player on the team. And, and like a finalist for the Cy Young Award. And the dude kept responding, it isn't me, it isn't me. Guys, wrong guy. It isn't me. Um, Good good for him for having at least, you know, a little sense of humor about that and actually responding. I wonder if they were just trolling him, though. Well, you know, the the funny thing is, you know, he responds to the people who think he's Lester Holt. But, you know, I I say congratulations to him for, you know, winning Pitcher of the Month. I don't get any response. I I can't help but feel a little hurt by that. Crickets, huh? Just crickets. Yeah, just, just, just crickets. Nothing but crickets. Originally, we were both going to be at the podcast marathon at the Blue Plate Cafe over the weekend, but um, disaster struck me, so I wasn't able to go. 
and uh, the hyperdrive motivator on your uh, on your freighter, right? Kind of like uh, uh, you had the reverse uh, polarity on your power coupling. Didn't do that. I actually had to replace the flux capacitor. Ah, well then there you go. Man, I'm telling you though, those DeLoreans, I don't trust them. No, no, you you really can't trust them. But uh, it, it's, I mean, first of all, the Blue Plate Cafe is a pretty cool thing on its own because uh, you know it's all Doctor Who themed, hence the name. And um, a blue box. Sorry, blue. The blue. They have a blue plate special. Yeah, the blue plate. Actually, there is a blue plate cafe, or at least there was in Huntsville, where I used to live. So that's why I made that mistake. Was the plate actually blue? Uh, I believe it was. And the funny thing is, it's a restaurant that used to be an auto zone, which is uh, you know a, an odd thing for a, a, a building to become. But uh, so the blue box cafe. Sorry, that's the that's the one in Elgin, and it's it's Doctor Who themed. And I was thinking of you know like things you could compare it to, and the only thing I could come up with was uh, Starship Subs that was uh, right around the corner from my great aunt's house in Forest Park. And that was oh, all. I remember Starship Subs. Yeah, that was. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't. It wasn't quite the same idea as the Blue Plate. I did it again. The Blue Box Cafe. Um, but you know, it was all. You know, not just uh, Star Trek, but uh, I think there was Lost in Space stuff there. Uh, NASA stuff all over the walls. Um, and I, and I meant to look it up this uh, this week, but I. I didn't if it's uh, if it's actually still in Forest Park. That that's got to be at least like twenty years ago though. So I'm assuming it's not. No, it's not there anymore. Thanks, Obama. Yeah, another thing I can. Another thing for my childhood. He's ruined. Yeah, <laughs> but but, that, <laughs> but um, I, that, that's really the, the only thing that I can think of that that's like so. It, it's got such a like a unique theme to it. Right. Well, I get well, the only thing that comes even close would be, let's say, the Wormhole Cafe in, in Chicago. But that's, you know, it's, it used to be like a Back to the Future theme, um, Back to the Future, an 80s theme, and then it, they kind of changed it a bit. Still very nostalgic. But they even took the DeLorean and moved it like up top near the back. You can't, you don't see it like when you first walk in anymore. And if you don't, if you don't know to look for it, you could even conceivably miss it so yeah and, well i guess there's also saved by the max but you know that that was a temporary thing so i don't think that counts yeah really i mean the saved by the max i can't believe that place would get full for brunches it's oh it's amazing yeah but uh they uh they had this uh, podcast marathon which is a really cool idea which i you know i i remember I, I remember I was talking to somebody about, uh, you know, Mike North, who is, you know, he, he was in Chicago sports radio for forever. And, you know, he kind of got his start uh, at, you know, just a, a hot dog place, like talking to people during lunch. And eventually that evolved into him becoming a radio host. And I always thought that was kind of a cool thing. And I thought, you know, if I ever had a friend who owned a restaurant, I would totally want to do something like that. You know, like with uh, podcasting and such, you know, becoming all the rage these days. Like, there's no reason why you wouldn't do something like that. And it's pretty cool that they not only did, you know, one, but they did, you know, pretty much a whole day's worth and tried to break some records, too. Well, they did a night. It was a, a good day long podcast, and um, there were a lot of different folks there, a lot of the regulars, and they had me go in and, um, you know, when well, when my partner didn't show, that and, jerk. 
And here I am waiting for the Keith Conrad rundown to go over things, but that didn't happen. And I'm like, okay, well, what are we going to do? And um, it, the setup was quite nice. Everyone was sitting at the tables and eating and having coffee. Some, some of the older ladies there were doing cross-stitch and so on. As they were watching the, the one, they had a, there was an area where you sat down with a little blue curtain behind you, and you got to talk on a mic, you know, and... and um, and, you know, there were cameras and recording. And it was kind of, it was almost like moderating a panel or holding a panel at a comic convention. That's what it felt like to me. So yeah, I, I could see down. something like that, yeah. Yeah, and it was, and the, the crowd was very, you know, there were different folks there talking about different topics. So when I got there, um, I kind of, like, threw some stuff together. I knew I wanted to talk about some of the geeky stuff I've done. Stuff that we would have talked about, you know, together. Uh, but then um, Ben McCool, my one of the uh, other writers on the Grumpy Cat title, you know, it's myself, Ben McCool, um, and I'm oh man, all the other guys are gonna be so mad at me because I'm blanking on names right now. <laughs> the, ben McCool t- uh, posted on his Facebook page e- the most offen- uh, an article about the most offensive words in British slang that Brits found um, offense, you know, that they found the most offensive right from mild to worst. And I was like scrolling through and I was like, oh, this will eat 10 minutes because it seems there's some funny words in here and so on. So I thought we'll talk about geek culture and Doctor Who and then we'll talk about how, you know, when the Brits swear, how it's kind of funny because it doesn't seem to be as bad to us because we're Americans. Well, <laughs> That went over with mixed results because, man, those folks, they were some serious geeks. They knew they knew all the bad words. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 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 you know, suddenly I, I have a, a, a great idea there because, you know, on Battlestar Galactica, they sort of, like, invented their own swear words so they could get around the FCC. You know, um, like, you know, frack being the most obvious one, but I think there were other ones, too. Um, you know, why not uh, when when you're uh, on a on a radio show and you could be, uh, you know, you could be hit with a big fine for for using profanity. Why not just break out some British slang? The British slang. Right. And and I mean, there are some words that are quite commonly used here as well that were quite vulgar. And um, but there were other ones that I just thought were were, were interesting. I mean, like, I did not know that when someone called you a git, that was really an insult. You know, really? What what would be the the American English equivalent of of a git? I don't. I don't know. Should, can I say the American version? Trump. Uh, Trump. That's supporter? Trump, right? <laughs> you know. I, but and then there was a, a ginger. If you call somebody a ginger, that's also an insult. I mean. I was like, huh? Here it's here it's vaguely insulting. Yeah, I guess. So the, uh, a minger, M-I-N-G-E-R, I didn't know what a minger was. No, I'd never heard of that one either. I, yeah, I've heard bollocks, that one I know. Yeah, I, th- I think um, everybody knows that one. Um, um, I did uh, sod off. That one's kind of bad. Um, although I hear that one a bit. And... Um, um, there was another one that I was like, I don't know. It's just like, I feel like I'm, well, here's the problem, too. Here was the problem that day because there were two young children there that were probably like eight and nine. <laughs> and 
I thought I was safe going on. Well, this is British. So no one's going to care because, you know, they don't, and then the, well, these kids learn some new British slang that they're going to be using in school. <laughs> oh, man. Didn't know you were going to be creating new deviants, did you? Yep. Not that so, that would have stopped you. I mean, it might have might have actually made you a little bit more enthusiastic about it. Probably, you know. But hey, they're not my kids. You know, they can just go home and swear <laughs> up a storm. Betty <laughs> <That he> gets. <laughs> so, well, but it was. But so working through that, it was it was a, a nice little. Uh, uh, it was a nice atmosphere, and it was fun. And the Blue Box Cafe is a good place to to visit if you're ever in Elgin. And um, you know, who knows? Right? I'm sure. They have, they have podcasts there right on the regular. Maybe, you know, we should plan on going back there again. And this time, you know, bring in the geek counter geek. Yeah, and, uh, you know, next time I'll, I'll take Uber or something, so I won't even have to worry about my car. Oh, just take the metro to the to, to the station. I'll pick you up. We'll go together. Oh, see, that that makes sense. Um, so, uh, so... Um, I don't know if, how much attention you've been paying to this, but about, uh, well, it was about a week ago now, uh, Elon Musk speaking down in Mexico, you know, because they haven't built the wall yet, so you can still get down there. Uh, he unveiled his plan for eventually uh, SpaceX sending people to Mars. And actually, I say eventually, it's not that far off because they were talking about as early as uh, 2023 sending people, which, by the way, would be a full 10 years before NASA's even really thinking about it. And they even have money. Right. Yeah, assuming they, they actually get money, which uh, it, it looks like uh, Congress has, has, has actually decided. They, they, they passed an interesting little, uh, little addendum to NASA's funding, which basically says that uh, this is what NASA's doing right now. So uh, a new president can add to what NASA's doing right now, but they can't cut it. So essentially what happened was, um, you know, when President Obama got into office, he did like a total 180 with NASA. And actually, the, the White House wanted everything shut down on, on, on NASA and Congress stepped in at the time. That was actually probably the last bipartisan effort was to say, uh, NASA, you're going to need to do something over the next 10 years. So that's where we are. And uh, because President Obama did that when he took office, you're going to have a new president who's either going to be Donald Trump, a moron, or Hillary Clinton. Well, she, Hillary Clinton would probably continue what's, uh, what's been going on. But uh, Congress actually got together and they said, uh, this is the path that NASA's on. The new president can add to it. You know, they can decide to shovel more money at it. But this is the baseline of where NASA's going to be, which I actually thought was kind of cool. Uh, because, again, it was probably the only bipartisan thing that's come out of Congress in a very long time. Um, but still, even with all that, they're thinking, you know, maybe the mid-2030s will be able to do something. And that's, that's a lot further off than what Elon Musk is talking about. And um, also, interestingly, uh, SpaceX, they had a rocket blow up on the pad on September 1st. And they're actually... The, their investigation, they, they can't quite figure out what's going on, and they think somebody might have, like, shot at the rocket with a sniper rifle, if you could believe it. Yeah, that's a concern. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you think we've gotten past the point where we know how to launch stuff without it blowing up? So that that makes me go, huh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, well, 
because uh, so so they 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 know what caused the explosion. You know, they they know what you know where where it originated, but they don't know what caused that problem. And the funny thing is, if you look at the video, there's like a, a there's a like a low bang right before the big bang, and you know. Uh, Elon Musk has said that they're sort of focusing on what in the world that that smaller bang before the big one could have been. And so I think that sort of led people to say, oh, you know, somebody with United, United Launch Alliance probably took a shot at it or something like that. And they actually asked for permission to go to the roof of the ULA building a mile away, and they won't let them. No. Uh, that's why you gotta have HD cameras on these things at all times. Yeah, yeah, you would think high-speed HD cameras. Yeah, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what 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 happens with that. The thing that's that's weird though is since they don't know what caused it, like it makes it tough to to actually come up with any sort of fix for it because they just they just don't know. But um, it's not like you're gonna find a bullet, you know, in the in, amongst the. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the, the the debris that stuff was gone. Yeah, and uh, so so this this rocket that they want to build, and um, it, it basically makes use of the technology that they've already been using. So it's something that they, you know, they think they definitely could build. Uh, would carry a hundred people to Mars at a time, and so it's very very big. But. Um, you know, they're, they're talking to 100 people per rocket, and they're talking about maybe sending 1,000 rockets at a time in each, um, you know, in each launch window you have with Mars. So they're definitely, you know, th- this, is a, this is a big deal as far as, um, you know, if, if this actually comes to fruition, it's going uh, it, to be pretty epic. You know, it's not going to be on, on a scale we've ever seen before. But, hey, you know... If you would have said when, when SpaceX started in 2002 that they were actually going to be launching to the International Space Station, I think people probably would have thought you were nuts. My question is, who wants to go to Mars? I mean, like, who wants to go to Des Moines? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, think, I, think, uh, I think Mars is much more exciting than Des Moines. <laughs> there's no air up there. <laughs> yeah, well, there's at least the excitement that you could die. You know, in Des Moines, what is there? It's just corn. Yeah, well, die of boredom. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like you're basically there in a habitat. You're stuck with the people that you you went there with the whole time. If you don't get along, it's not like you can just go, that's it, I'm going for a walk. You know? Well, the the cool thing is that would make one hell of a reality show. Because you know they, they just can't get out. Yes, you're done. You're, you're just like... You're set. They no no getting out. No getting out of it. You know. How many people do they put on the International Space Station at a time? Well, there's, there's technically six. And uh, back when we were flying the shuttle, you know, when they would be rotating out crews, you'd have more than that. But but there's basically six up there right now. Eventually, the Russians are talking about scaling back their efforts. So you know, maybe you'd be down to four. But right now, there's six, and um, you know that that, that figures to be the case for a while. We're talking about sending people in the thousands to Mars. You know, that's going to be that's going to be one heck of an undertaking. Talk about making a city over there, or what? 
get the dirt. <laughs> well, eventually it would be, you know, like a thousand year project, but eventually they'd want to uh, terraform Mars, which, so what you do is you take all the, um, all the uh, things that are making uh, pollution here on earth and you just, you know, you send them to Mars and that they'll, you know, w- within weeks it'll be, it'll be warmer, right? And the Martians will be there going, oh, great. Gentrification. <laughs> great. There goes the planet. Was a planet. You know, I was on Mars before it was cool. <laughs> you know, I think I see a Starbucks, you know, like, oh, screw it. A Starbucks and a Whole Foods. <laughs> that That's, that's going to be a watershed moment in uh, humanity is when the first Starbucks opens on Mars. On Mars. And you know it's going to be early on, too. Right. And then the, the Whole Foods there is going to be selling, like, quote-unquote, Martian water. <laughs> it's just bottled water with some martian dirt thrown in it no i think they'll do the opposite actually what they'll do is they'll bottle water and send it back here and they'll sell martian water on earth and then they'll sell earth water on mars mars i that'll be like yeah like, that that that's what whole foods will do and then, right now some some executive at whole foods is, is jotting this down Going, Eureka! <laughs> yeah, usually we come up with ideas for uh, you know TV series and all the, you know the all all you know how to fix movies and and stuff like that. But now now we're just making money for Whole Foods. Whole Foods, and there will be people who will buy that stuff too. There will be. So uh, because of uh, all all this Mars talk, I was thinking about the uh, the the best movies about Mars or maybe taking place on Mars. And, uh, you know, I, there's uh, Santa Claus versus the Martians. That's obviously, you know, that, that's going to be the top of anybody's list, right? Yeah, I ranked that up there with Mars Attacks. Yeah. Mars Attacks is a good one. Um, now, John Carter came out just a couple of years ago. That's the biggest flop in movie history. Uh, not sure uh, they want to brag about that too much. Well, for folks who don't know, it was John Carter, Warlord of Mars, was the original title of it. But Disney decided to, um, for some reason, just go with the John Carter, which makes no sense. Right, because, you know, John Carter's the main character, obviously, but, um, you know, you don't call a Star Trek movie Captain Kirk. Although, I guess you never know what what the fourth one's going to be called. Right. You don't call an Indiana Jones movie just Indiana Jones. Although, again, we don't know what the fifth one's going to be called. <laughs> just Indiana Jones. So <laughs> they're going to do like the Jason Bourne, like a Jason Bourne movie, or Rocky Balboa. They're going to say, you know what? We don't need to name it anything. We're just going to call it Indiana Jones. That'll be it. Um, one of the uh, one of the movies from the fifties, uh, uh, Robinson Crusoe on Mars, which is funny because the movie is. The, the movie title is basically just like the movie pitch that, you know, the, the pitch that they gave to make the movie. Because none of the characters, you know, no, there, there isn't a character in that movie called Robinson Crusoe, you know, like hearkening back to the original story. It's literally just, oh, we're telling the story of Robinson Crusoe on Mars, so we'll call it that. And then you had uh, Red Planet. Uh, Red Planet is one of those, you know, where, uh, it, wait, wait, am I thinking of the, the same movie? You know, it's basically one of those where uh, we go to Mars and find out that there's, uh, you know, there's aliens there that kill everybody, right? 
Right, but then it has the Val Kilmer has the the best line ever, where he goes, "Oh no, it's the moment our teachers told us about when algebra would save our lives." <laughs> <laughs> so, well, yeah, there you go. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, I. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that that moment will never happen in my life. <laughs> Algebra will save your life. Well, yeah. What was the geometry? I forget. It's been a while. Uh, I I think I only saw that movie once in theaters, and that was enough for me. <laughs> that, that was like in the in the waning days of Val Kilmer, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He wasn't quite. Like he did that, and then he did The Island of Dr. Moreau around the same time. Yeah, yeah, so definitely not uh, not not his peak. Yeah. Um, another one with, that uh, I saw quite often when I was growing up was uh, Conquest of Space. Um, also, again, just kind of a description of the uh, of the movie, um, I, and it it really had sort of a. I, I think it came out in you know maybe fifty two, fifty three, something like that, and it had kind of a uh, you know it, it was basically taking the 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 stuff that Warner von Braun had done uh, on Disney, and basically just made a movie out of it. Um, so I don't know if if Warner von Braun got any rich any uh, royalties out of that, but he probably should have. That Disney stuff was pretty impressive too. I, mean, I remember seeing a lot of those um, animated shorts, and they were talking about hypothesizing what space travel would be like in those cool pods that came out of the bottom of the ships and. Yeah. The robotics and all that. That was pretty neat stuff. Well, I watched that and I thought, gee, why can't we do that stuff now? You know, like, like why hasn't anybody revisited this? Because this looks a lot better and a lot more straightforward than what we're doing now. Yeah, really. Although I've seen some bits, some, some new designs for the spacesuits that they're doing for uh, future uh, Mars missions. And it's kind of similar. Not exactly, but kind of similar. Yeah. Um, obviously, one of the uh, one of the, the the great classics of American cinema is the original Total Recall. Not to be confused with the new one, which was just undeniably crappy. But the original Total Recall, because you know that actually was on Mars, and that's when Paul Verhoeven was kind of just knocking them out, knocking out those movies. Um, he would do the first RoboCop. Um, after RoboCop, he had um, he had, we have Total Recall. That's where he would discover um, a very young Sharon Stone. Um, Sharon Stone would later go on to do some other things. Um, oh, that's right, because she was uh, she was Arnold's wife in that movie. Right before he goes nuts, or before he goes into the delusion, or before he has his memories implanted, or before he who knows what you know. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, Total Recall. I think uh, when you think about, I mean, I, you, Paul Verhoeven's movies are somewhat cheesy and goofy. Um, think about watching the first Total Recall, uh, the very first RoboCop movie, Total Recall, and even Starship Troopers. Yeah, but it's it's funny that thematically, it just the movies still really hold up because when you consider. Total Recall is about a corporation taking over space. <laughs> you know, I hadn't thought about that, but, you know, that is sort of what we're talking about here. But, you know, you like to think, uh, 
Well, yeah, I was about to say you like to think, uh, you know, Elon Musk is a little bit more uh, low-key than, than, than the company portrayed in, uh, in Total Recall. But, yeah, I guess you just never know. You know, once, you, once, you've, uh, once you've basically started a new civilization on another planet, you know, your ego might get pumped up a little bit about that. It doesn't even need to be Elon Musk. I mean, it could be his descendants or whoever takes over the corporation after he passes on. Kind of like the the Watani Corporation and aliens. Yeah, I'll bet Mr. Watani at the, at the beginning, you know, he was completely altruistic and had uh, good intentions. Right, like John Hammond in Jurassic Park. <laughs> and then and his the uh, over. yeah, and then his uh, and then what was his nephew? I think uh, was the one who took over the company and in uh, in the Lost World, and yeah, things didn't go well after that. Not at all. So you know, and so that's the thing with Total Recall. It's kind of interesting that you know you watch it; it's a bit on the campy, cheesy side, but you know, I get thematically, it still holds up. If you ask me, yeah. Um, you know what's has Paul Verhoeven actually come out with anything recently? Because you know, I, I was thinking, you know, from a special effects standpoint, he's always he he has like a, a really unique, interesting feel to his movies. Like they're they're almost like intentionally cheesy as far as mm-hmm. the special effects. I'll be honest. After Showgirls, I stopped paying attention. Yeah, most of America did. Actually, that was one that probably had the least amount of special effects. Well, it made uh, the gal from Saved by the Bell look sexy, so that must have been... You know. Well, you know, that actually would have taken some uh, some movie magic. Some movie magic, so... Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, there was uh, Mission to Mars, which had sort of a, an all-star cast from the you know late 90s, early aughts. Um did had, that one come out around the same time as Red Planet? I remember there being two. I, I think it did, and that was one of those uh-huh. situations that happened really a lot during the 90s where you had, like, two studios that had very similar movies come out at the same time, and then there was also the TV movie that came out, like, a week beforehand trying to, uh, you know, that was very cheaply done at the last minute just trying to make use of some of the... Uh, you know some of the press from the other two movies that 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 really that that was something that that kind of died at the end of the 90s didn't it yeah because let's see i remember the most the most uh telling ones was uh deep impact and right. armageddon both yeah they, they, they came out weeks apart and they were pretty much the well no I, I was about to say they were pretty much the same movie but no they're really not because deep impact has the dumbest title of any movie but it's um you know, like, like it's it's actually a fairly realistic portrayal. Like you, you could you could actually see that happening. Armageddon, on the right. other hand, is is not that good. Until Elijah Wood outruns the the devastating effects of a meteorite striking the planet Earth on his motorbike. Uh, okay, yeah, that's a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> and it, and Taylor Leone just stands on the beach to die because he's like, it's all over. It won't matter. Yeah, uh, that that's why you should. Had, uh, that's why you always should try to survive whatever's happening because you know she just assumed that the second comet was going to hit and wipe everybody else out. So you know if you're going to die anyway, you might as well die on the beach with your dad. Right, and she, right. you know, had she known that they were going to blow up the second comet, she could have gotten her dad and gone to high ground with Elijah Wood. 
but you know she didn't so so let that be a lesson to you kids for all all you kids listening at home if there's ever like some you know when the end of the world is nigh always try to avoid it because you never know what's going to spring up at the last second especially if robert duvall's involved if robert duvall's involved and morgan freeman is the president you know something is going to happen yes your 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 odds are good okay your odds are very good and then um and then or yeah then bruce willis and ben affleck in that that abomination (laughs) yeah that was uh yeah that was that was not good and then you had the two the the competing volcano movies you had dante's peak right uh, the the pierce brosnan linda hamilton volcano movie and i want to say what was the other one called it was wasn't it just called volcano yeah, well, that, that was where, the one where uh, the the volcano sprung up in L.A., right? Yeah, under the streets of L.A., like there there was always volcanic, you know, the the the, the I think what is it the these this the, the it was there's the, a fissure uh, and it's filled with volcanic, you know, uh, molten lava and it starts coming up through the streets of the valley and it's like and it's Tommy Lee Jones. In that one, when Tommy Lee Jones is the is the the emergency management guy, you know you're going to be okay. Be kind of okay. Yeah, you're kind of okay. Yeah, because the, the the volcano go the volcano goes. I didn't kill my wife. <laughs> and he goes, I don't care. Well, uh, yeah, but you're right. That happened a lot of bit. So then you have so yeah, Mission to Mars and Red Planet. Um, and then you had a lot of um, other, yeah, you had a lot of competing stuff going up against each other because Hollywood, that was back when people complained about Hollywood being devoid of ideas now. That was when not only were they so devoid of ideas, they were just duplicating each other's ideas. Yeah, yeah, but but I think that, you know, I, I may be proven wrong uh, soon, but I, it seems like that's sort of come to an end. Like uh, people caught on. And uh, they they stopped doing that, but um, you know now, you you know you you have like um, you know you you have the Hunger Games and you have uh, the Divergent series, so you have very similar things, but but not quite the same. So at least Hollywood has has advanced that much. Well, then that stuff, of course, they're saying based on books, right? Yeah, yeah. Which, so they they just option be. different books. That's that's right. what happens. Yeah. So. We know that The Martian right. was based on a book. It was, um, and actually the, 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 the movie deal and the book deal were signed within a week of each other. Right. So what other Mars book is out there that Hollywood can snatch up? Uh, there is the, um, the Red Mars series. Um, and I'm... I'm tapping away at my computer to see if i can uh if i can if i can find the author of that it's the mars trilogy and it's by kim stanley robinson and then um there's red mars green mars and another mars so those would be what starring ben affleck because you know matt damon's always already done the martian ben affleck's got to have his answer to it well, Spike TV. I actually, when I when I looked this up, Spike TV was actually going to turn it into a series, but they um, that seems to be on hold. It goes from um, the you know, sort of the first Martian colonists all the way to eventually terraforming Mars because it goes red, green, blue Mars. Right. 
that's probably the most high profile thing for like you know if we were looking for the uh, you know the top prospect the up and coming mars story that would probably be it now um so you know we got we got to the martian um now does war of the worlds count because they were from mars or is that you know they were leaving mars so it doesn't count but I guess, well, you know, you mentioned Mars Attacks, so I guess we, we'd have to include War of the Worlds in there. Because cause that, was, uh, although, that was on Earth, too. So I was going to say, in the Spielberg version, do they acknowledge that these are aliens from Mars? Uh, Spielberg, Spielberg actually made use of the fact that um, if Martians did invade, it would be quite chaotic and you wouldn't quite know. So right. they, they never exactly say where they're from. And, uh, and then, it's, it's sort of alluded to in the opening scene because they do show a planet that looks like it's red. All right. But they never actually say, hey, these are Martians. They, they never really know where these things ca- came from. You know, at some point, it's alluded to the fact that the machines were buried underground the whole time. Um, so, but, but they never say, never say where they actually came from. So I guess it's open to the, uh, you know, the viewer's interpretation. And the Martian Chronicles was never made into a movie. It was a television series, right? It was a made-for-TV limited series. It it was it was a miniseries, and um, it, it's one of those things where it's really bad. But at the same time, <laughs> you know, at, at the same time, you know, I saw it when I was very young. Not not when it first aired, but but still when I was very young. And so, you know, like I just have it's sort of like Ghostbusters too. I have you know. I, I I totally recognize that it's bad, but you know I'll still I, I you know if I can find it somewhere online I'll I'll watch it. Pretty much reinforcing Ray Bradbury's hatred of television. That's <laughs> I, I think that single handedly reinforced a lot of people's hatred of television. Because <laughs> a lot of folks think that Fahrenheit four fifty one is Ray Bradbury talking about censorship when in reality he said it himself. He's gone on record as saying that. Um, it's he hated it. That was his answer to television. Uh, you know, he thought that television would be the downfall of civilization. A know? lot of people have said that, you know, like <laughs> like when suddenly the guy from The Apprentice is running for president. The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cabotron.